Our reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 6 through 19. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they had landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the nest you, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said it to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know, of all, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you, were old, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and go somewhere. We'll dress somewhere else. We'll dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't worry, I won't move around as much as Bob, so. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, really excited to be here on New Sunday here this morning. Um, full disclosure, I thought I had 10 to 15 minutes when I looked at the schedule, they gave me 25, so uh, church might begin out a little bit earlier here this morning. Uh, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not disappointed about that. Um, yeah, so my name's Derek. Uh, my wife, Cassie, and I lead the junior high ministry here at ECC. Um, we're the proud parents of three kids. So we have a two-year-old. Uh, we have nine-month-old twins. Uh, our cup is very full, but we love it that way. And we're just uh, so excited to be part of youth ministry here. So there's two things that we kind of oversee here at ECC uh, when it comes to junior high ministry. So we have our, our Sunday morning blast, which takes place over in the fish shack. That's during our first service. Um, this past year, that was led by Doug Varela and Chris Minderman. Um, really appreciative for their role stepping up to the plate and taking care of our kids this year. Uh, the second thing that we do is our Wednesday night, and it's called Jay Crazies. Uh, and that's our youth group, and most nights it kind of lives up to that name. Um, during those sessions, we cover topics that are kind of trending and relevant with our students. Um, one of the topics we recently discussed was media. Uh, so that's things like the news and, and online gaming, uh, social networking. Uh, we discussed our freedoms and effects and, and, and roles that we have um, to be a part of those things in a way that is good for our life, but also honors God. Uh, we talk about relationships, both in dating, making new friends, 
uh, roles in, with our coaches and mentors. Um, we also kind of tackle some tougher topics sometimes too. We talk about bullying, what's it mean to stand up for kids, uh, what's it mean to have a filter on our lives and why that's important to kind of guard our hearts and protect ourselves. Um, we also kind of dive in and talk about what is this thing called a relationship with Christ looks like, right? Jesus is, is starting to become a lot more than songs and stories to these kids. And so we kind of get to peel back that onion and kind of dive alongside them and, and be a part of, this, uh, part, part of this journey in their life. And it's really, really important and feel really blessed to be a part of that. Um, once a month we incorporate an event off campus. And so we try to do like a, a rock climbing, laser lights, bowling, uh, ice cream or pizza social uh, these are kind of like the highlights for our month. Uh, we also do a Christmas party. Uh, and so I want to share a story from, with you a couple, from a couple years ago about one of our Christmas parties. So um, this was probably about three or four years ago. Um, and mind you, all the, we have rules in J Crazies, typically because of some event that has happened before, right? So <laughs> something happens and we have to create a new rule. And so now we have lots and lots of rules. Um, so... <laughs> This night we were doing our, our white elephant gift exchange, um, and, and during, so the, everyone's familiar with kind of like a white elephant, right? It's a $5 gift, something that boys and girls will like, and, and something uh, uh, cheap, you can, something, it can be something that can be re-gifted. Um, anyway, so we, we're, we have that set up, the gifts are all to the side, and we got a student that's, that's eyeing him and keeps looking at his gift. Um, we're now doing an activity that is... Uh, Elf breakfast. So if anyone's seen the movie Elf, you're thinking spaghetti, syrup, M&M's, Dr. Pepper, right? Um, healthy food is really important to us at the shack. So um, we're, we're in the middle of that, and the student comes up. He's like, hey, when are we, we going to open those gifts over there? So we'll just a minute. Like, we've got these activities. We'll get to it here in a little bit. He's like, okay. Uh, we're on to our next event. We're doing another activity. The student comes up again. He's like, hey, uh, this time I'm a little more nervous, right? He's a little anxious. He's like, I, I think we should open our gifts now. Like, okay, hey, hold on. Like, it's, we got a structure here. We're going to get to it. I promise you we're going to get to our gifts tonight. So, okay. Third time comes around. So, like, when someone says three times, you know it's important, right? So he says, hey, I, we need to open our gifts. I'm like, oh. Okay, so this time I ask him the question. Like, why are, you, why are you asking me this? Like, why do you keep pressuring us with this? So, well, my gift. Like, yeah, your gift? He's like, might be alive. <laughs> really? <laughs> Like, wait, your gift wait, might be alive. Right? So I think there's kind of more to that too, right? So, okay. So we went to gifts. We, do, we, we did their gift exchange. Thankfully, the gift was still alive. Um, the gift was traded probably more times than anything else. I think it ended up with the Baldomeros that night. I think the gift survived one more night uh, here with their family. So to this student's credit, this is the middle of December, he had gone out and went fishing in December, caught a fish, wrapped it up in a mason jar, and brought it to youth group, right? So this was his gift. So now we have a new rule. Your gift can't be alive, all right? So uh, this, I mean, this is kind of why we have rules, right? So we, we do stuff. Rules are good for us. It kind of keeps us on track. We even see, like, Old Testament, um, the third covenant that God made with us. God gave us rules, right? He gave us the Ten Commandments, right? We had the covenant with Noah. Uh, we had the covenant with Abraham. We see this covenant that comes alongside with Moses and runs through these, these, the Ten Commandments. Um, and it's something that keeps our, our life on track with these. Um, so we've kind of, we push the boundaries just as humans, right? So even in God's plan, we tend to deviate from it and we consistently make our own path. Uh, if, we, if it was left to us alone, we end up gravitating towards sin. 
And our desires can lead us astray from God's purpose and plan for life, even if we don't fully know what that purpose and plan is. So I'm a new parent. Uh, my oldest is two years old. And so, like, a lot of parents out there, I'm sure this stuff is relatable, right? So, like, if he has something that he's not supposed to have, and I say, all right, give that to me, his perfect response that he thinks in his mind is to run away laughing with it and saying, catch me, right? So, like, that's his response to me. Or if he's on the couch, I say, hey, you should be sitting on the couch. His response is, watch how high I can jump on the couch, right? And so he's constantly pushing the boundaries, right? And so uh, even at that young age, he's still a little bit defiant, right? And so... Uh, but he's my son, and I love him unconditionally. And I think a lot of times that's, for me, that's such a good example of Christ's love for us, right? Even when we kind of want to deviate and pull away and go with our own agenda, God is still there calling us. Um, and so that kind of brings us to our talk here today. Um, as we kind of dive into this, uh, let me, let me kind of get, set the background here. Jesus has been resurrected, and he's making his third appearance to the disciples. The disciples don't fully understand the plan yet, and honestly, I think they may not even know what they're supposed to be doing. We find them going back to where we found them when Jesus first met them, right? They were fishing. Uh, we also know that not too long ago, Peter kind of did the unthinkable, right? He denied Jesus. Um, and so today, Jesus is here on a mission, right? Him and Peter need to have a talk. He's getting ready to lay forth some more of the plans that he has for Peter, um, so let's kind of dive in and see what, see what happens. So there's going to be three points I'm going to talk about here this morning. Um, the first one is when Jesus calls them to shore, what's waiting for them? Breakfast, right? To me, I'm thinking, aha, smart move, Jesus. Like for me, like food is my love language, right? So that's how I communicate with people. Um, on Sunday morning, like it's, it's unthinkable to me to start my Saturday or Sunday morning without making a big breakfast, uh, often to my wife's dismay, as she'll, she'll say. So like she's kind of more the realist and understands what's it take to get our family of five out the house. Uh, and so if we're ever late to Sunday morning church, I can assure you it's because dad made breakfast that morning. Uh, but sadly, this, this isn't about breakfast. So what is this first part that we see when Jesus serves them the breakfast? What does that mean to me? I think it means as we have a God who always takes the first step towards us, right? Um, Jesus approached them. They weren't even seeking him, right? They were kind of lost, and they went back to what they knew. They were fishing. It says Jesus served them the bread and fish. And so my takeaway from this one, this first one, is that God always takes the first step towards us, even when we're kind of wandering. The second thing on here has to do with the repetition of three times. So obviously, I don't think the irony is lost on Peter here about the realization that he denied Jesus three times, right? I think having that visual of seeing Jesus look back at him after he denied, I'm sure is like seared in his memory. And I mean, who could forget uh, what happened with that? I'm sure it like weighed very heavily on him. But I don't think seeing Jesus approach him three times in this situation, well, a lot of people will tie those two together. I think there's a lot more to that in this, in this case. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were at a, um, my wife and I attended one of Mangrum's uh, ACGs. And during that, he was talking about communication and the relations between, between your spouse. He said, all right, so you can ask your wife or your husband one thing. You know, that's the first time you've brought your request. You've made those known to them. Uh, the second time you come to them, now it's kind of like a reminder. Hopefully done gently, right? But you're saying, hey, I'm, I would like you to do this. But if I go back a third time, now it's, it, can be, it can very easily seem like I'm overstepping, right? I'm almost imposing my my ideas or my thoughts upon her. I'm like, hey, this is, but I'm also saying this is very, very important to me, but you have to be very careful when you go that third time. And so looking back at this, I'm not saying that, um, 
I don't think that Jesus was overstepping his bounds here. I think it's kind of the opposite. I think it's to say that he was impressing upon Peter how important this new role of tending the flock of Christ's followers would be. So when someone repeats instructions to us over and over, we quickly understand the importance of that. Uh, it even says Peter was even hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. But you know what? He got his attention, right? I think this shows us the strong intention that Jesus has for our lives. Even when Peter was aimlessly fishing, Jesus approached him. A lot of times we think of God as our mentor, our father, but how often do we think of him as our partner, right? I mean, he's coming alongside Peter in this moment, letting him know what his plans are before him, or for him. Uh, and so that's kind of the second takeaway that I see from this, is with this repetition, not only is God our father mentor, but he's our partner and wants to work with us uh, for his plan. The third thing that I want to talk about um, are the types of love with this. And so, um, in the older text, what you don't really get to appreciate here is the first time that Jesus says this to Peter, and he says, hey, Peter, do you love me? He's talking with this agape-type love, which is this unconditional, fully giving love. Uh, and Peter responds, yes, Lord, I love you. But his response is phileo, right? His response is this brotherly friendship love. Um, full disclosure on the phileo, I was talking with Adam DeWeber earlier this week when we were going over the verse. I said, hey, phileo, is that how you pronounce that? And he said, yeah, it's like Philadelphia. So if you think of Philadelphia, you'll be on the right track. So thanks, Adam, for that. So um, this, Jesus comes back to him the second time. He says, uh, Peter, do you love me? And he says this again with this agape type love. And Peter responds, yes, Lord, I love you. Back to the phileo, this brotherly love. Third time. Jesus comes in and says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Except this time, Jesus switches it up. And he's, he's, he, t- he talks with that phileo-type love. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that, you know all about me. You know I love you, right? So why, why the change? Um, why did Jesus start with this agape twice and go to this brotherly the third time? Uh, I was looking this up online. I was trying to get some different opinions on there. And some people were saying that Jesus was trying to transition Peter to move him from this brotherly love over to an unconditional love. And I believe that, you know, there's probably some argument behind that. uh, But I believe it shows us a lot more. Um, I believe it shows us that we have a God who meets us exactly where we are at. So even if Peter wasn't capable of understanding what a true agape love or true unconditional love fully was... um, God met him, Jesus met him exactly where he was at, right? Uh, The Peter who we see at this point in the story isn't the guy who's going to be crucified upside down at this moment, right? Peter and his disciples may not have um, even, and they probably didn't understand what feed my sheep even meant. At least not like to the realization that we can fully appreciate looking back at the text today. Um, And so Jesus met him exactly where we were at. So we have a God who meets us where we are at. Um... Even Peter denying Jesus on the cross didn't separate him. And we saw it was quite the opposite, right? So three things. Jesus approached him first, and he served him. Um, He partnered with him, and then he met him where he was at. So sometimes when we look at our own sin, which can, I will agree and say that it can make us feel unlovable, um, we might wonder if that's going to separate us from God. I think it's easy to think about that sometimes, right? If I have someone who's offended me, you know, I'm quick to say, uh, you know, I stood up for you, you hurt me, and I'm okay to, to cut them off to my own fault, right? Thankfully, we have a God who doesn't treat us like we end up treating ourselves, right? Um, Romans 8 tells us that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, 
Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So what's the takeaways? What do we do with this knowledge? What can we challenge ourselves with? We ask this question at the end of youth group every single night. Um, hands will shoot up. We can pray. We can read our Bible. We can talk to our friends. We can talk to our parents. Probably not the last one as much, but it's still mentioned a couple times, right? And so uh, I'll be honest with you. When I'm trying to think of what is my takeaways, youth ministry to me is a lot easier than standing up here and doing this adult ministry thing, right? Um, I'm trying to figure out what is a good conclusion. So I did what every youth director should do at the first time they're up here giving a sermon. And I called Rob Gervin. I said, Rob, <laughs> here's where I'm at. <laughs> I need a conclusion. <laughs> He's like, okay, hit me. Tell me where your sermon's at. So we ran through it. And we discussed it a couple times. And we talked about it. And we got to the end. I said, you know, honestly, our kids, when we, consistently when we get to the end, that is our answer consistent with them is we need to pray more. We need to read our Bible more. We need to reach out to, to other people more often. And as Rob and I were talking, we're kind of like, you know what? How true is that, right? I mean, sometimes how easy is it for us to overthink it sometimes in our relationship with God, right? And not get back down to the basics and the essentials of that and with our relationship with him. Sometimes I think those kids can get to the heart of the solution better, I know, better than I can ever lead them there. So how many of us will actually take this lesson from Peter, go home to pray? to confess, and I'll let things get in our way of our relationship with God. My challenge to you is this. How can you live this out today? What do you need to confess? Who can you bring in? How can you, when that sin sometimes makes us feel unlovable, meet Jesus back on the shore and listen to what God is calling you three times over to do today? Will you pray with me? Uh, dear Lord, we just we come to you this morning, and we're just so thankful um, but you are a God that loves us. Uh, the scripture today teaches us that you're a God who approaches us first, even when we're wandering. Uh, that you're a God who partners up with us. Um, and that you're a God who deeply cares, meets us where we're at, and loves us. It's easy for us to kind of get lost in our own world, uh, in the own busyness of life, uh, and feel like that we have that separation. But how blessed are we that we have a God who actively pursues us and is constantly pursuing us and, and strive, looking for that relationship with us. So that's our prayer this morning, Lord. Um, is Our prayer is how can we take that first step to come back towards you? How can we meet you back in the middle uh, as you're staying there trying to reach out to us? Uh, it's in your name we pray. Amen.